Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Megan, and welcome to Genealogy Explorer, where we dive into the family history of listeners just like you. Today, I have the joy of bringing on today's guest, Jasmine Shoemaker. She helps people with their family trees as a part-time family researcher, and she recently took a trip to explore her family's history. One of our first podcast episodes focused on African-American family history in Texas, and now we are moving east to Mississippi to talk about another established African-American family of the American South with Jasmine. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, So first of all, just to get started, uh, tell me a bit about yourself and what sparked your interest in genealogy. Sure. So I I think it would be worth it to mention just right from the jump that I'm a full-time research librarian. So this may have some motivation into my interest in research and family history. Um, But basically, I, I got an interest in looking into my own family history Um, by just growing up and not really knowing much about my dad's side of my family. My dad lost his parents at a really young age. Um, So we never really talked about his parents and their lives in Mississippi. Um, My dad grew up a military brat. So he moved, um, you know, every so often, every couple of years with his family. Um, So he didn't really like know a lot of his extended family in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So the older I got, I just became more curious. I mean, I heard, you know, other friends of mine talking about, you know, their grandparents or great grandparents or, you know, making trips, but we never really did that when I was a kid. Um, And then, you know, as I got older, I got in touch with my dad's older sister who was based out of St. Louis, who had been working on our family tree um, since like the early 2000s. And it just kind of went from there. Um, And we connected actually during COVID um, electronically, of course, because Mm -hmm. I had time, you know, working from home, Um, you know, got an ancestry account. She kind of caught me up to speed. And then we just kind of hit the ball running and we found out a lot of cool info about our family. That's amazing. And so that, so you started doing your own genealogy first, and then you went on to help other people with their own genealogy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's something that everybody should at least have the opportunity to do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. as long as you're presented with that, take it. Um, I think we all have some hidden gems in our family. Um, (laughs) Even if, you know, even if we're not like actors or superstars or anything like that, it's still a story worth hearing. Right. Because I I hear uh, people in my comment sections all the time. They're like, oh, I would like to hear about my family history, but I'm sure there's nothing there. And I'm like, there's always something there. Like, even, even if it's, yeah, even yeah. if it's something silly as a photo of like, you know, your great, great, great grandparents gravestone or something like that. It's still yes. super interesting to see. Like, I feel like everyone at least has something to be, you know, to be notable whenever they're doing their family history. I see that all the time in my comment section. And I'm telling you people who are listening right now, you have something interesting in your family history. I promise yes. you, you just got to look, <laughs> do it. Yes. But, um, and I know you did uh, a lot of your own genealogy work and you had a lot of help from her, but I know you said you took recently took a trip to Mississippi to discover more about your family. Uh, what did you find and what was that trip like? Oh my goodness. So my partner and I, I'm based in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. My partner and I decided to take a road trip during spring break from Baltimore to Mississippi. And thankfully my dad uh, does have contact with one of his first cousins, 
who still lives in the area, right? Mm -hmm. the, the town that our grandparents grew up in. Um, so he was able to like show us around. We found a bunch of gravestones that were not on find a grave, which thank oh, goodness. Wow. I mean, find a grave is a great resource. If you haven't been on there, definitely check it out, findagrave.com. But I mean, he knew about, you know, other kind of like hidden um, historical um, burial sites for black people in Choctaw County, Mississippi, which is where we're from. Um, and he literally like just took us off-roading, like we'd pull over and it would just be grass. And it was really daunting um, because before we even meant it, we went to Mississippi, I was able to get uh, death certificates from the vital records office uh, just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I found the death certificates for my great-grandfather, John Shoemaker, his wife, my great-grandma, Lucille, and my great-great-grandma, John's mother, Agnes Shoemaker. So I was able to at least, you know, whenever you see the death certificate, you're able to see the burial site, right? So if you haven't already done so, I would highly recommend getting or trying to obtain um, your death certificates for your ancestors because you'll at least be able to see where they're buried. Um, mm -hmm. And one of my goals for the trip was to find the burial sites for those three. Um, we found the burial sites and the headstones for my great-grandparents, John and Lucille. And then we went to the uh, grave site of my great-great-grandma, Agnes. However, it was a, a very segregated uh, cemetery, right? right? So there was a white side of a cemetery. And then all the way in the back was the black side of the cemetery. And honestly, it was so overgrown. Uh, my cousin was telling me that even in the 60s when he was a kid, it was heavily overgrown. Um, so you can't even really see where people are buried. But just knowing that she is out there and that is her resting place and likely the resting place of her husband, my great great granddad, is enough to kind of give me some some comfort. Um, but overall, like the trip was amazing. Like, I would say 10 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> taking a trip just to, you know, to your ancestors, historical, um, you know, sites. I was able to find out that many other cousins still lived in the area. So oh, like, wow. yeah, it was my partner, my partner and I went to lunch with my cousin and like in walked two cousins. And my cousin was like, oh yeah, this is cousin so-and-so and he's related to us by this way. And like, it was so overwhelming to like keep up with because you don't anticipate just running into your family when you're like eating lunch somewhere, or, you know, just kind of driving around the small town. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it was really nice because he always introduced me as this is my, my granddad's name, name was Rahoma, but he was, he would always say, this is uncle Rahoma's granddad, granddaughter. Or, you know, this is Uncle Rahoma's, you know, grandchild or something like that. And I never knew my granddad because he died in the 70s. Oh, wow. So yeah. it was nice to have some type of connection to this man who I kind of credit my existence to, right? Like I wouldn't be here if it hadn't have been for him. Exactly. Yeah. So it was nice to just kind of have that connection to someone who I look extremely like, but have, have never met in my life. So, right. You kind of have this community in Mississippi where you have a bunch of cousins and a bunch of family and like being there just surrounded by them must be, you know, a great feeling though, just to be, you know, connected with everyone. Definitely. And I mean, to know that they're, they've been there, right. To know mm -hmm. that they've been there, they've, you know, 
live there or they've moved and come back or a few of them have joined the military and they're mm -hmm. now you know retirement age and they now have retired there it's it was so it was so refreshing i can't even put it into words fully but it was just so refreshing to see that my family has been here in this county like documented since the 1880s mm -hmm. oh, and wow. they're still there yeah like and they're still there like i have documents of my family working on the railroad and as i'm riding through the town i'm looking at the railroad and like thinking like my family had a hand in this being here or you know my family was a family that has historically been here and has lived here and died here like that meant something to me that i really wasn't prepared for when i left for the trip so right and i know you said you found the gravestones and then you also found the house that you, your great grandparents lived in correct Yes. So um, my great grandparents moved into the house in the 1940s. Um, my granddad um, had already left out and, you know, had his own family started and everything like that. But my great grandparents moved in, <clears throat> excuse me, and they were only in the house, I think, uh, about 10 years before my great granddad died. However, the house is still standing, right. which I thought was amazing. Like, I you to look at the house you'd think okay how is this house still standing it's on cinder blocks i think there's like a bunch of like trash and debris underneath it but to know you know historically what has happened at this house uh, for instance um my cousin remembers coming to the house and eating lunch after you know sunday church mm -hmm. or you know sunday school and eating you know lunch in front of the house under this great big tree that has been there forever I mean, he was born in the 50s and he remembers that as a kid, that tree always being there. So it's nice to be able to see like, okay, historically, this is where my ancestors were. This is where my great grandparents were. Um, and a part of them, to me at least, still feels like that they're there. Right. That's amazing. Like just to see that house and, you know, that's where all your family was established and it kind of takes you back in time almost. Yeah. And it makes me feel incredibly grateful. Like, these people by no means were, you know, rich or, you know, living lavishly. I mean, this was like a two bedroom house and, you know, it was built, they didn't even have indoor like plumbing. Right. Yes. So it was, it was very like, like, you know, to me living in 2022, I'm like, okay, how? Like it, I can't fathom it, but to them, it was very much like, I'm proud of this you know, I bought this with my own hard earned money. And, you know, I think I'm very proud of the fact that it's still in our family to this day. Right. I mean, that's incredible just that you're able to find that. Um, how, so how was the, uh, the cousin that showed you the gravestone was, uh, that also how you found that house as well? Yes. The house again, these, this is all like backwoods, Eastern Mississippi, um, I had no idea where I was going. So if I didn't have him, I probably would have still been lost in the woods somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, not even knowing where I was going. But yeah, like he had, thankfully historically, uh, you know, joined the military and then decided to move back to retire. But he was able to show us the house backwoods, remembers, you know, walking the roads up and down. Uh, not a lot of people had cars back then, even in like the 50s when he was born mm -hmm. um so you know people just walked everywhere and it was a, a small enough community to where you could walk um but again you know everybody kind of knew everyone so if you did have a car you were more likely to you know give a helping hand to someone who did need a ride oh yeah absolutely 
Well, that's, that's incredible. Like I'm like, I can't even imagine, like I, I took a similar trip to England and saw all the, the gravestones, but they were definitely, you know, in a pretty marked area. Like everything was pretty set. It wasn't like in the backwoods overgrown. It really, I think that really shows like the difference between like, you know, being white and doing genealogy and then being black and doing genealogy. Like the difference is pretty stark because mine was, you know, my gravestones and my ancestors were pretty easy to find, but for you, you would have, you have to know somebody to find it in the middle of the woods somewhere. Yes, definitely. So I think a lot of people don't think about that. Um, when they're doing genealogy work, like, um, it's just the differences between, you know, different, uh, communities. It's, it's, uh, pretty heavy, honestly. Like I I've done work for, uh, other black people before and, you know, you get, you run into a lot of dead ends or you run into a lot of like, not a lot of documents and things like that. So there's a definitely kind of like, I'm privileged to be able to find whatever I was able to, was able to find, uh, right. in genealogy. Yeah. And I mean, speaking to your, your black listeners specifically, if they are wanting to do genealogy or family research in general, and um, they are able to physically go to these sites, instead of just kind of solely depending on find a grave, I highly recommend doing that because like, like I said earlier, some of these graves that I was able to find, um, including another great, great, great grandma, they were not on find a grave. Um, and I was like, literally like in hiking boots, like mm-hmm. trekking in like tall grass and mud, like on my hands and knees at one point, just trying to read it. So I mm-hmm. feel like if you can um, do it, or if you, you know, are out of state and you know, you know, a relative still in the area, maybe have them look for you before actually dedicating time to making the trip yourself. Right. What was it that really inspired you and kickstarted this journey to make this trip into Mississippi? Honestly, it would be my aunt that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Um, my aunt Jackie uh, recently passed away at the end of 2020. Oh, I'm she so passed sorry. away. <laughs> yeah, we had been working on the family tree just a few months, right? That was mm-hmm. the, the first COVID year. I like to call it the first COVID year. Yeah. Um, and we'd been working on the family tree. And, you know, during that summer, we had talked about making a trip to Mississippi together, meeting up. Um, and kind of looking at some of the grave sites that we had found on Find a Grave and visiting with, you know, any cousins still in the area, basically just being in the town again. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, she passed away. So I really wanted to just make this trip one for her um, because I know that, you know, she would have still gone down there if she were alive. But two, you know, for everybody else who may not even have this on their radar, may not even be thinking about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I have two small nephews who are like the last thing they're thinking about is family research. I mean, they're six and 13. So, I mean, I think, you know, I'm making this tree for them. I'm, I'm trying to gather as much oral history and, you know, documentation for them because, you know, nothing is, nothing is forever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, documents can be lost. So I'm trying to save things, but the trip was 100% kind of motivated by, Uh, her death. And I'm just happy that I was able to do it. That's wonderful. I'm glad that you were able to make that trip because, you know, I, I am, I'm so also so sorry for your loss too. I can't imagine what, what that was like. Um, But I'm, I'm sure, you know, that she would be happy to know that you made that trip and you were able to find so much. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I don't know. 
right, you know, being a family researcher as well, you hit so many dead ends. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do, you're just kind of like, okay, well, am I just, am I just trying to give up now? Like, what, what is my next move? Like, I think that, you know, over the process of working on this tree for our family for so many years that she did kind of hit some dead ends and was just kind of like, you know, what are my other options? Granted, we both had ancestry accounts. However, I had a more um, like the full ancestry account with like fold three and newspapers.com. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a lifesaver. So I, yes. Yes. So I tried to use that to our advantage and it did help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually was the one who had the idea about, um, you know, requesting those, those death certificates for ancestors, but that didn't come about until after her death. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, part of me is kicking myself in the, you know, in the foot, like, okay, why didn't I just think about this, you know, much sooner, you know, right. while she was still alive. But I do know that um, I'm just happy that I did the trip and I continue to kind of push past those, those dead ends and try to, you know, work around that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question, which was, uh, are there any mysteries or dead ends that you're still exploring on your family tree right now? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do we have it another hour to discuss it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my we gosh, can if yes. you want to. <laughs> Honestly. So, okay. So my last name is Shoemaker, S-H-U-M-A-K-E-R. Mm-hmm. I was able to trace my family Um, by that last name, only back to 1900. And I realized that's where my aunt had a dead end, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So because I was able to get those death certificates, especially for um, my great, great grandma who married into the Shoemaker family, it at least was able to give me her maiden name, Mm -hmm. right? So I found out that her maiden name was Fair, F-A-I-R, So that led me into thinking, okay, let me take a step back and try to go back another, you know, to 20 years because we lost the 1890 census, right? We don't have access to that. So I went back to the 1880 census and I found her living with her family. And then I found her living with her husband. So I thought, okay, cool. There's my great, great granddad. Then I took it a step back further and found out that our last name had changed. Oh, wow. Like the, the spelling or the whole, like the whole the name whole last name. What? So, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So I found out, <laughs> I found out that our original last name was Qualls, Q-U-A-L-L-S. I found this because I looked up <laughs> my, my great, great grandfather's name is Doc, mm-hmm. D-O-C-K. I thought that was a nickname, but he's that listed as that on every single census. So anyway, I found that on the 1870 census, living with his mother, Cinda, and his brother, Sam, and sister, Mary, Doc Qualls. Now, it's interesting, though, because he was living in the neighboring county, which is Winston County, Mm -hmm. in 1870. And then by 1880, he's married to my great-great-grandma, Agnes, with twins. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, how does your name just change? Like what, what caused your name to change? Did, did it change because you moved counties? Mm-hmm. Why did it change? And why did you pick Shoemaker of all names? And you spelled it not the way it's, you know, mostly spelled S-H-O-E. Right. So I found that really interesting. And that's kind of a roadblock that I'm kind of hitting now. 
um, kind of what I'm doing to kind of work through it now, I guess I'll tell you and your listeners this, it might come in handy for some, is I'm using the, um, the match list on Ancestry, you know, like you can look at your DNA matches. Yes, yes. And I'm looking for DNA matches with that last name in their tree walls yeah in their tree Mm -hmm. so i did that and i thought okay q u a l l s okay that didn't come up with any matches but then there's a box you can check on ancestry that lets you look at matches with like similar spellings or like that are that sound similar Mm -hmm. i checked that box and i had more results So that's what Aww. I'm working through now. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm working through now. So yeah, and but the issue that I'm running into, excuse me, <clears throat> is that most of these people, if not all of them, are white. Right. Oh. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So I've I've been able to find out that there is a quarrels, Q-U-A-R-L-E-S, mm-hmm. which depending on who the census taker was, depending on accents during the time could have just wrote down quals mm-hmm. so I've I found a quarrels in the area who was white who had moved from South Carolina to Mississippi now Doc's mother Cinda who is my three times great grandma mm-hmm. was listed as being born in South Carolina oh on wow seventy census that's so but, interesting yeah that's so a huge I, coincidence if yeah, it's anything so I, else <laughs> I feel like I'm on the right track yeah, the problem with that is how do you definitively like pinpoint it to one person right on a DNA matches tree? So that's kind of a, a mystery that I'm kind of doing a deep dive into now. Yeah, it sounds like a great lead, honestly. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are the odds? I mean, it's very like it's a if anything, it's a big coincidence, or it could be your big break. So right, it feels yeah. like it's either one or the other in genealogy. These are a big coincidence or your big break, and it's just it's maddening trying to figure out which one it is (laughs) exactly and I and I honestly am like just now coming to terms with the fact that I may not be able to ever learn why the name change happened Mm -hmm. however I do think it's interesting that it only happened once the family moved from one county to the next so um and it did happen from like 1880 to 1900 right so like what happened between those 20 years right and again because we don't have that 1890 census I feel like so many of us are missing so much information yes yes oh my gosh it's just because I've seen name changes before but it's typically like a a, like a letter change or like a a misspelling or something like that right from from qualls to shoemaker that is a big jump that is yeah that's very odd i'd love to know (laughs) why they changed it like that from one county to the next yeah so what what i i'm now trying to do i guess my my method is also looking to see if i can find anything in the newspaper Mm -hmm. um problem with that and i'm sure a lot of your black listeners will be able to kind of agree with this on is we're not really in the newspaper much I mean, (laughs) you know, not any, you know, marriage announcements um, or anything like that. So I think that might be, you know, it's a next move that I could take, but I'm not kind of holding my breath on finding anything. Right. Yeah. It's, it's uh, definitely more difficult for like a black genealogist. Uh, It can be more difficult, like trying to go through newspaper sources and things like that, because there was definitely not a lot of resources at the time. Right. Um, So I, you know, it's, you run into that a lot. Um, But 
hopefully, hopefully we can figure out this mystery because that Fingers is crossed. That's intriguing. <laughs> that is yeah. crazy. And I don't know, that's, and the fact that you were able to find some DNA matches with a name very close to it, you know, that's a, a seems like a good start and definitely right. a way that could, you know, and plus they are adding DNA matches every single day, you know, they are yes. adding more. So, you know, maybe one day an actual qual will pop up. And, you know, it could open the door to an even bigger opportunity to figure out the mystery. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. Um, so I know also that you did mention that your family also helped establish a church in Mississippi as well. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. And I actually had the pleasure of going there. So mm-hmm. my family helped establish the Beth Salem Missionary Baptist Church. It's a little little church uh, in the Spring Hill Ackerman community in Choctaw County, Mississippi. Um, and my great great uncle Ed Cork was one of the first pastors. The church itself is still standing today. Obviously, it's <laughs> the original building is not there, but the church itself is still established and standing mm-hmm. today. And my family, uh, the cousins, I, I mentioned earlier are still active with the church, like in the community, they're deacons oh, wow. um, and things like that. Yeah. And uh, the, the original kind of like structure, right. So they had like, you know, a meeting space and then it really kind of grew into what we kind of know it today, um, you know, with kind of a stronghold in the community around 1920. So a stronger presence for over a hundred years, I think is really amazing for such a small area. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, I should mention that because the church has such a historical, you know, figure specifically to Black people in Ackerman and in Spring Hill, um, a lot of my family is currently buried at that church, right? So, or the cemetery just beside the church. So um, my great-grandparents are there. John and Lucille are there. I I visited their graves. um, And a few of their children are buried there. More cousins you know, more of their siblings and things like that. Um, And I did speak with a cousin who actually is a deacon there. And he Mm -hmm. let me know that, you know, because I am a shoemaker, if I choose to be buried there one day, the church will take care of everything, the service. Wow. The, yeah, the burial, you know, contacting family and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when I just walked through the halls, it was just, surreal I mean even seeing the old wooden building from like the 30s and 40s like pictures of it on the wall like how do you even you wouldn't even think that you would be sturdy enough to like withstand a rainstorm but like they they did it so the fact that you know they're very prideful and you know having so many members of the shoemaker family and you know other you know distant relatives buried there it was really astounding and also they're, they're very prideful in, in saying that they take care of the grounds themselves, right? So when yes. I walked out there and found my great-grandparents, John and Lucille, I found like fresh flowers and, you know, the, the fields looked immaculate, right? They, mm-hmm. There was no trash, um, you know, nothing was toppled over, nothing was disturbed. And I thought that was a really nice way to just pay respect to your family, people that you may not have even known, you know, or met. Mm -hmm. But to know that, you know, you take pride in that and that, you know, you're very proud of this and keeping, you know, keeping things appearing well and nice for visitors, it made me proud. So really nice to see after a hundred years. 
Yes, for sure. I mean, a lot of people the with for grave sites and all that, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of people's gravestones, they often deteriorate or overgrowth, like you said, with your other ancestors and things like that. So it's really, you know, it's important, especially to like family researchers and genealogists yes. and things like that. We, you know, we are very like very, uh, we find the gravestones and things like that. Very important, not even just for the information, but just for the sentimental value as well. Right. Absolutely. So like, cause especially, you know, when the overgrowth and, you know, you lose a lot of information when stones break. That's why I'm always like, you know, whenever you're in a cemetery, I always say, you know, be careful. Don't sit on the stones. Don't yes. topple all over the stones. Don't <laughs> climb on them because you're going to break it. Then you'll, we, yes. you know, hundreds of years from now, you will lose information and it's just, it's a mess. So, you know, I, I feel like a lot of our community were very focused on like gravestone, like I gravestone restorations and gravestone, yes. like pre- prevention of like deterioration and things like that. So I, I think that's amazing that your family has upheld that church for over a hundred years and still upkeeping all of those gravestones. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so on top of that, that the family has established that church for a hundred years. So you're saying that, uh, they've from like 1920 up until now, they've mm-hmm. always been like in that church and they've always like, like either worked there or have gone there for this whole time. Correct. Yes. That's amazing. That's, mm-hmm. you know, there, so you guys have a lot of like genealogy records and stuff in the church, I'm guessing, right? Not so much as records, but I found a lot of pictures. Um, they're very proud of kind of displaying pictures along the wall, right? Like mm-hmm. in the entryway and then um, in the sanctuary as well. And then kind of behind where there's like an eating, you know, space for eating and things yeah. like that. Pictures. I even found one of my great aunts on the wall. Um, wow. Her name was, her name was Verly. Burley Shoemaker Cork, uh, and she was a midwife. So oh, to know amazing. that she like, you know, helped babies be born in this very small, tight-knit community. Uh, you know, I, I saw a picture of her from like the 60s, and she was just a very stern looking woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I would think that if I was a baby being born, that seeing the first face, wow, <laughs> like the stern face, but you know, hearing stories about her, you know, from my cousin just thinking about, you know, how compassionate she was, you Mm -hmm. know, and how kind she was. And she was a figure in that church as well. So very, very proud of my family for just kind of keeping that, keeping that up and Mm -hmm. remaining kind of a a real pillar in in the county and just in Ackerman and in Spring Hill as well. Wow. That's incredible. Like I, I, it's just amazing just to find family history and to also know that your family has built a community and yes. you know it's just that's just one step further and it's just an incredible feeling because I I have something similar in England where you know we helped uh we there my family is very established in one very small area yeah so I I understand <laughs> like I I kind of had the same experience you had I went to England and then I was walking around the streets and I was just running into my cousins I was running yes. into like all these people who were related to me and it was just like this crazy feeling I was like this is just a community of my entire family so you like could run for mayor yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just run for office I, yeah. I, I my whole family's here might as well but yeah that's I told I understand that kind of feeling of like a family becoming just a whole community and you're just surrounded by them when you're walking through like a small town yeah and things like that it's it's a, it's a weird feeling especially like I I 
when I moved to America, I'm not surrounded by any family besides my mom and my sister. So when I moved back, or not moved back, <laughs> excuse me, uh, when I visited back, uh, it was a, a very different shift. Uh, so I know you, you said you lived in Baltimore. Are you surrounded by a lot of family in Baltimore? No, oddly enough, um, I mentioned earlier the mm-hmm. military. I feel like I mentioned the military earlier, yes. my cousins being in the military. Um, my dad was also in the military. So I live in Baltimore. My family lives in Oklahoma and Texas. Mm -hmm. So I kind of stayed here. Uh, I actually grew up partially here and then partially in Oklahoma, went to undergrad and grad school in Oklahoma and then moved back about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so I'm sure you understand going from one place where there's not a lot of family to like, like visiting another place where there's suddenly all your family. Yeah. It's overwhelming, right? Like, yes, uh. yes. It's it's a really cool feeling, but it's definitely very overwhelming. You're suddenly getting a lot of handshakes and a lot of hugs. Yeah. Just like, Whoa, I'm related to all these people. It's uh, pretty crazy. But speaking (laughs) of just your family in general, what are some traditions that your family has held up and has had over the, over the generations? So I would say I just learned about this on my trip to Mississippi, but Mm -hmm. apparently my family meets up every Memorial Day weekend in Ackerman and they'll kind of be in that area, the the area around our great grandparents house. Oh, wow. Someone will cook. Yeah. And it's just kind of like a mini family reunion. It's interesting, though, because my my grandfather, who died in the 70s, his baby sister is the only living like sibling left oh wow and she was born in 39 uh she now lives in michigan but she'll try to come down you know if, if she's feeling well and things like that so mm-hmm. i think the the idea and kind of the event is kind of around her right like everybody's really excited to see her mm-hmm. uh, she's kind of like the family matriarch at this point right, right. because everybody has is has passed on um, but I really think it's kind of a, a way for us to just touch base with each other. I mean, yes, you have social media, yes. but nothing is quite the same as getting everybody in the same room or, you know, out in the same, you know, park to hang out. So mm-hmm. it's something that I really want to take advantage of um, as we move kind of through through the, this new normal that we're in with COVID. Right. So have you, have you been to one of these for you? Yeah. I know you said you just learned about it, but you haven't been to one of these yet. No, I couldn't go down to this one because we had already had plans. Right. But I definitely want to start going, especially if my great aunt will be there because I have not seen her in probably 12 years since our last family reunion. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a long time. But yes. Yeah, be, that would be amazing to be able to see like her and everyone else so this is that would they so they do meet in you said mississippi right they meet mississippi so like everybody yeah she'll come down from michigan i think i have another cousin in kentucky Mm -hmm. and then some of my my cousin that showed us around his kids will come over from texas and then everybody will just kind of meet up and eat and tell stories and honestly like i'd really be going just to hear the stories and yes to, to know more people and take pictures because it's it's so weird to like meet people who you could have passed on the street, right? Or passed anywhere mm-hmm. and not known they were related to you. But then once you get all of us together, you start like pinpointing, oh, you have so-and-so's nose or you kind of oh resemble gosh. so-and-so, you know what I mean? Yes. So like it, it only like takes you being in a group of all of them or a, or a lot of them to really like get it to where like you're like this is my family wow you know what I mean so I'm really looking forward to that feeling 
Yes, that would be incredible. I would love to, if you know, when you go, I would love to hear about it because yes! that would be, that sounds amazing. I would love to hear the stories that maybe we can have a part two where you come back on and tell us all the things you learned at the reunion. I'm already planning my next trip down there to uh, research my father's mother's side of the tree. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I mean, I'd be welcome to come on for us a part two. There's probably going to be a whole nother story to hear. Yes, that would be amazing. Oh my gosh. So I know you have done so much genealogy work on your own tree and for other people's trees as well. What has been the most interesting thing outside of this trip, obviously, uh, that you've discovered either on your own family tree or maybe on someone else's family tree that you did work for? This is kind of like a, a joint tree situation here so mm-hmm. um you know on ancestry you can like make your tree public or private as you're working yes. on it so i left my tree on as public and didn't know like the tree was clearly still in progress i wasn't really ready or as confident then yes as you know as i was plugging in things um and i reached out to someone and said you know hey i see that you have you know my great great granddad on your tree Da, 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 you know, and we also have a DNA match. Can we talk about this? Like we're fourth cousins. We need to figure out, you know, how we're related. And for the life of us, we couldn't figure out how we were related. It didn't come about until we looked at our trees like side by side, I think on a Zoom. And mm-hmm. we discovered that his great, great grandfather was the brother of my great grandfather. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And the only reason that I didn't know this before is because on the 1900 census, I remember I told you earlier that at that point, that was where my aunt had like a dead end for Mm -hmm. our tree was like the 1900 census. That was the first census that I had seen my great granddad on. He was born in 1884, which Obviously, there's no 1890 census, so he pops up on the 1900. Mm-hmm. Saw him on that census, but he was like one of the older children. So I thought, okay, well, this is all of their children. Come to find out, by the 1900 census, his older brother Abraham had already moved out of the household. So no one really oh. knew that he was related to them. And I kept thinking, okay, people who I'm related to have this Abraham shoemaker on their tree. Who is this? And I didn't know that he was my great grandfather, John's older brother. Oh my gosh. It's just that missing census. It really yes. trips everyone up. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, I hate it so much, but like clearly, you know, it got destroyed or whatever, but mm-hmm. it would have saved us. Like we, we were spending like more than two months on this. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Wrecking our brains, trying to figure out. And, you know, when I finally told him it, it really solidified, like, okay, now we know how we're related, right? Like we yes. already knew through DNA, but like having that tangible piece or that tangible person on the tree mm-hmm. really just kind of uh, solidified that for us. So that was wild in and of itself. Um, and then I ended up, you know, aside from that, just helping him figure out, you know, more about our, our family tree, because mm-hmm. we do have that overlap. And I'm astounded by just the amount of military presence in my family. Yes. Like growing up, you know, my dad being in the army, basically my whole life, that's kind of all I knew. But like, then finding out his father was in the army, 
mm-hmm. you know, fought in World War II in Korea. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, I found his records on Fold 3, which was great. Found mm-hmm. his pictures from when he enlisted in 41 and then again in the 70s, right before his passing. And then, you know, finding out that his, you know, great uncle was in the military and his nephews were in the military. So just wow. like... <laughs> You know, um, and then one thing that really just kind of drove it home for me, it was kind of sad, but if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. Um, My great grandma, Lucille, was married to someone else before she was married to my great granddad, John. Right. Come to find out the man she was married to, his name was Willie Lee Cork, um, which is a, a big name in that community as well. Willie Lee Cork. Um, went into to fight in World War One and died in 1918 oh, wow. in France. So she literally had a baby. <laughs> she had a baby at home who was like two years old, was a widow, and then married my great granddad two years later in 1920. Wait, you? Oh, I'm so sorry. You so you said her first husband died during World War One in France in yes. 1918. That is insane because my, hold on, I'm checking my family tree right now because I, I'm pretty sure the exact same thing happened to me. Are you serious? Yes. Give me one second. Hold on. You were saying that out loud and I was like, wait a minute. That sounds very familiar. Wow. Um, hold on one second. Yeah. So my great, my great grandmother, her mm-hmm. first husband died in France in 1916 during the war okay and I just looked at mine he died August 25th 1918 oh my gosh this is crazy so like if if they hadn't died like I wouldn't be here yes same here yeah to think about because she got remarried (laughs) to my great-grandfather same yeah that's crazy both of (laughs) that's crazy both of both of our great-grandmother's first husbands died in the first world war in France yeah. And then got remarried to our great grandfathers. That's crazy. That's a crazy coincidence. It is. You it were is. saying that. And I was like, I, I know this story. This has happened to me. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a little camaraderie there. Yeah, I know. That's, that, is, that is the weirdest thing ever. I've never heard. Uh, oh my gosh. That I'll, I'll keep that in the podcast. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> you were saying that out loud. And I was like, wait a minute. That's crazy. Yeah, he died. I don't know if you know what part of France her first husband uh, died in, but it, I could spell it. It's an American cemetery. S U R E S N E S. Gotcha. Yeah, American my, cemetery in Paris. Paris. Gotcha. Mine. He. My great grandmother's first husband died in the. Oh gosh, French listeners are gonna kill me for this, but, <laughs> but it's like Theophile Somme Picardy, France. Yeah. You yeah. can spell it out. Yeah. <laughs> so MME. Yeah. For my very minute French listeners. But um, yeah, my he he died actually in the war and like uh they didn't even recover his body. So oh my god. Yeah, it was crazy. I that 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 piece of research took forever. I didn't even know she was married the first time. I thought her first marriage was with my great grandfather. So and that, wow. that was like a whole different thing. Like we got connected with that whole side of the family from her first marriage that we didn't even know about. So that was pretty crazy, but that is such a weird coincidence. I'm so glad you brought that up. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so before we wrap things up, I would love to ask you, uh, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their family history journey and might would want to take a trip to, you know, a place that they, their family is from like you did. Yeah, I would definitely say don't feel like you have to kind of 
just start really grand. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. think just kind of documenting oral histories with parents, uncles, uh, older cousins, kind of mapping out their words while they're still alive. Mm -hmm. That's something that I didn't do with my aunt, um, who literally was like a direct connection to my granddad, who I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, that would have saved me a lot of like, okay, trying to go back and think of phone conversations or finding emails, just documenting those oral histories, um, recording stories, either um, you know, in a draw, a shared drive or something like that is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make a tree, um, I made my first tree on familysearch.org. If you, you know, don't want to kind of commit to making an ancestry account and getting like a full account, um, you can try there. You can also try looking at your local historical societies. If you are kind of from that area that you live in. Um, but yeah, I, I say just, just give it a try. I mean, little by little, you'll start to kind of like uncover pieces of your family or you'll see kind of like recurrent names or surnames pop up and then you can kind of uh, string them together that way as well. I also recommend maybe even um, joining like genealogical societies in your area, like circles in your area. Um, you can learn from each other way more, I feel, just kind of sharing stories or you know, uh, sharing different things or roadblocks that you're experiencing and then just kind of going from it for that way too. That's amazing advice. Thank you so much. And yeah. if anyone would love to like reach out to you for a uh, genealogy work or, or want to follow you on your social media handles, where can they find that? You can follow me on Instagram at snazzy jazzy. That's at S N A Z Z Y Y J A Z Z Y Y. And you can reach out to me via email if you'd like help with your family tree at bgmfamilyresearch at gmail.com. Um, that's blackgirlmagicfamilyresearch at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking with me about your uh, trip to Mississippi. It sounds like it was amazing. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Of course. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening here, if you'd like to find me on social media, if you haven't got, got me on there already, I am Genealogy Explorer on TikTok and Instagram. And if you'd like to come on the podcast yourself with a story or with advice or anything like that, my email is genealogyexplorerpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.